Uh, let's see who's not without their Bible today. Let's see. Somebody. Oh, honey, it's worse than your handwriting. I'm not even going to try and guess what that says. Um, thank you, church. Thank you for all the kind notes. I got more notes last night. I got a couple little ones telling me compliments and things like that. Even had a few of you adults say something. You've been very kind. You've been very attentive. And tonight is our last night that uh, we will be together. And I will try and sum things up a little bit for you. Um, if you will turn to Matthew chapter 2. Um, as you're turning to Matthew chapter 2, um, on Wednesday night, I got a bulletin. And I see people who have prayer requests, and I see people who are in hospitals, members needing prayer. You know, if you're here this evening, and your heart's full of just anger, upset, you didn't like something I said, you didn't like something the church has done, you didn't like something the preacher did, let's hope you don't end up on this someday. Are you praying for these people? Um, I'm not a member of your church, but uh, I took mine, and I'm taking it back to the hotel with me, and I'll pray this evening for them. Just remember, the discord that you sow may come back to you someday, and you may want the prayers of this church upon you, your children, your wife, your husband, your mom, your dad. Whatever it is. Please stand, if you can, for the reading of God's word in Matthew chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born, the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the people that are on this prayer list, the people that are in nursing homes, in hospitals, the people who have prayer requests, the people who are suffering, dear Lord, they're suffering with an infliction, they're suffering with something spiritual. I ask, dear Lord, that you draw nigh unto them, you bless them in a great way, that you would heal their bodies beyond that of a man's understanding. And those in the nursing home, dear Lord, those who've used their bodies and have gained a great age, I ask that you please give them a clear mind to read their Bible, be able to pray. And whatever aches, I'm sure at some of these ages in a nursing home, everything aches. But you just give them some relief, dear Lord. You let them have an opportunity, dear Lord, to have a pain-free day tomorrow. And if it be your will, remove it all. And this is our last night of revival, dear Lord. It's our last chance for someone to get right with the Lord. 
We've heard many stories this week. The devil has fought. But we know that you will get the victory. We ask a special blessing on the people who've made decisions. All the decisions that preachers heard about. All the people who've told me all the things they've done. That they're going to change. But Heavenly Father, one more time, dear Lord, please undertake for me. Please enter these hearts, dear Lord. Give them a quiet, still voice. And bring revival to Central Baptist Church. In such a great and mighty way that it would be a testimony to the rest of the nation. We ask these things in your most heavenly and precious name. Amen. Please be seated. I'm going to start right away and give you the end of my testimony. Last we left, I was in prison. There had been a fight. I got saved. Now I'm going to tell you the truth. If you don't believe me, come talk to me after service. I'll tell you some more reasons. I was pretty happy. I was saved for the first time and the only time, but the first time in my life. I was destined and headed to heaven. I had a man of God in my life and a Bible, not that one, a little one, and a Bible, and it was all brand new. It was so new. Man, every story, every lesson from the Rock of Ages. And I had men on the outside from the Rock of Ages, including Ron Garris, the president of Rock of Ages, writing me Bible studies, sending in letters. Boy, I was happy. I was sentenced to five years in a federal correction institute. And in a federal system, there is no parole. There is no Release for good time, five years in a fed system is five years. I was happy with my condition. And you sit here free. You sit here, be able to go anywhere you want to go, do whatever you want to do, eat whatever you want to eat, not have to be with other inmates. And you have the countenance that you have, the attitude that you have, the negativity. The stumbling block that you've created. Why? Is it not new to you anymore? Does it not mean the same? See, an encounter with Christ, even an encounter with the name of Christ, will invoke two reactions in the world. And these two reactions are right here in Matthew 2. It's either going to enrage some because they are going to lose their status. They're going to lose something that they hold on to precious. Something that they want for themselves. They're going to hold on to it because Christ is going to rip it from them. Christ is going to be preeminent in their life. Christ is going to be number one. And that's what Herod was afraid of. He'd been king for 35 years. He'd been king for 35 years. Appointed by Rome itself. Every road leads to Rome. Right? Every road. Near my hometown, we still have. In our library, the museum side, a Roman road marker. I want you to realize that an encounter with the name of Christ, an infant, a baby, took a king 
appointed by Rome and sent him into a rage so great. What does the name of Christ, his cause, invoke in you? What does it invoke in you? Does it invoke a falling down worship, an attitude of humility, an attitude of service, or are you too focused on the people that serve? You're too focused on yourself and your needs and what you want and what you've decided. I want to point out here that the birth of Christ is a demonstration here by the three wise men, the three magi, the three wise men, shall we say, of faith and devotion. So I've got a little checklist here for you. How is your faith? How is your devotion? Your devotion to Christ. Not Brother Jeremiah. Not Central Baptist Church. Not the principal, if you're a, a teen or a member of the school. Why do you sing, choir? Because Zach stands here and directs? Because you want to please Zach so you can get a special? I don't think so. I don't think that's why you do what you do. I've heard your choir. Do you realize? I'm in a lot of churches. Do you realize how much talent and how much I appreciate the work, the effort that you guys have put into this, that Zach has put into this? I'm serious. You have a very talented church. I just think some are missing. I won't preach right to you and say you should sing in the choir and maybe you should get up there and do a special. It's a joyful noise. And next time I'm back for the missions conference, I'll be happy to sing a special with you. But, you know, I don't want to preach to anyone in particular or anything like that. And if, it, if you feel like I was looking at you, you talk to the Holy Spirit, you just ask him if you think you should sing a special. You pray about it. We'll see. The old Baptist curse of a preacher. You just pray about it. And for those of you who couldn't tell, I was looking at your leader up here. All right? Just so you know. I also, you know, the star that's placed above. When you have a problem, when you have an issue, you come to Brother, or Brother Jeremiah and you say, hey, I got a problem. Hey, I needed to handle something. I want you to take care of this. Pray for me about this. And he doesn't even wait. He just gives you an answer right away. He doesn't need to pray about it. He's, he's so wise. He's got all the answers. Been in the ministry over 30 years. That's what he does, right? Or does he seek the Lord's? divine presence, omnipotence, and knowledge for that tough decision on where you're going to go to school if you're a young person, whether or not to change jobs. Or are you one of these people? You've got it. You have got it under control, and you don't need him. You don't need any preacher. You've got it all figured out. Well, if you had it all figured out, your countenance and your, your demeanor and your spirit would show it. It would show it. The next point I want to bring out is the protection. The protection and providence of God on his only begotten son. 
the king appointed by Rome. I'm not going to pick on anybody. The missionary that was from Fiji has been texting me, told his pastor about me. His pastor called me, wants me to come down. But the, the missionary from Fiji texted me right before I pulled in the parking lot. So we'll pick on Fiji, in case he's listening. It wasn't like Herod was the king of Fiji. This big, 90 cents gets you all the way around the island in a taxi. We're talking Rome. A king that had a history. A king that was so self-obsessed, he called himself Herod the Great. Is that you? Do you call yourself the great? Is that your attitude? Name the great. Huh? Think about that for a minute. And if you think I'm kidding, what's your actions been this week? Toward revival, toward the staff, toward the people. What's it been like? The divine protection that God provided for an infant baby. The humility of even becoming a baby by Jesus Christ. Next, the fulfillment of prophecy. Before this day, there was a Savior promised. There was a Savior promised. No prophet. These are done. But I promise you, you continue down the road that you're headed, not being right with Jesus Christ, not being right with the church, being a keyboard commando, being a disruption to a church that you're not even a member of. The things that this outlines for those kind of people, will come to you too. Woe is me, and I mean that. Please, please. It's not my first rodeo, okay? I've seen, I've been around, I've been part of teams that go in for church crisis management all over. I'm dealing with one right now, helping a pastor from here. Brother Jeremiah knows what's going on. And I'm helping a pastor I'm telling you, I've seen some terrible, terrible things happen to people, to their children, to their husband, wife, mom, dad, whatever, that didn't need to happen. I want you to notice, too, the devout attendance of the magi, of the wise men. The encounter of these wise men had by following the star how far they traveled, what they went through as they traveled. Think about that for a moment. And all along, they never took their eye off the star. They never took their eye off Jesus Christ in his birth. But we take our eye off all the time. We take our eye off Christ all the time. We get caught up in the world. We get caught up in social media. If you're a parent in here tonight, I would like to commend you if you have a child in the Christian school. 
I got to preach to the little ones, and I got to preach to the big ones, one right after the other. And I don't say this to brag upon you in front of you so, you know, you'll think good of me. I am telling you the gospel truth. That was probably one of the top five best behaved chapel services among little ones and older ones. Probably one of the top five in participation I got them all going. If I missed one or two, I do apologize. But I tried to get them all involved, and they were responding. There were some tears over some things that they were being dealt with. We had some, I don't know if they were professions of faith, but we had people who come forward doing chapel. We ate dog food. And if you're a parent, you kind of know the rest of that story. The missionary evangelist ate dog food. And if you don't believe me, ask your children what the message was, what it was about. And let them preach to you for a few moments. I expect you to do a good job, kids. Tell them the whole story. Don't forget to ask your mom if she can touch her nose with her tongue. Did any mom get asked that question? Yeah. Okay, I see one, two. All right, thank you. All right, now, I want you to notice the mark of humiliation. The mark of humiliation upon Christ of humbling himself, like I said, as an infant. And he became of no reputation. Do you realize all the fanfare that could have followed the birth of Christ? the savior of mankind, who saved mankind's greatest problem, how to reconcile the cross with God and sin in heaven. That's who Jesus Christ is. That's what he did. He leveled the ground at the cross. He provided a path for a sinful man with an inherent heart to be able to enter into heaven because God cannot Look upon it, be around it, or expose himself to sin. I also want you to, maybe if you will, ask yourself this question. And if you have an answer from the Bible, come on up and tell me. I don't proclaim to know it all. If God loved us, you know, and I'm not questioning, but he could have spoken us into salvation. If he chose, he spoke creation. We sang about it. He could have spoken us into heaven. But that would have violated what he outlined, what he preserved. Every jot, every tilleth. He preserved this. And I know it's not Missions Conference, but we in America have a tendency to think that he preserved that English KJV Bible only. I won't tell you until I come back, but I witness to those people in that closed country. How did I do? Pretty good, huh? Didn't say it. I witness to those closed people through their own language. Once I start witnessing to them in their own language, breaking down their characters, the scales fall off their eyes and off their heart. And I'll just ask you this question. Email me if you got an answer. 
Come up and tell me. For 4,500 years, who did the people of that closed country worship? You'll be surprised who they worshipped. You'll be surprised that that closed country was six different nations. But all followed one God. You'll be surprised what his name is. So, that was an introduction to thank you and to remind you of who Christ is and the battles that have happened here. The encounter of Christ and the very mention of it enraged Herod so much. You know the story. You know what he did to infants all throughout the divine protection we spoke about and how Christ, through Joseph, had to flee into Egypt, small, fleeing fathers. Many of, I told your teens something along this line, many of your teens carry the abuser in their pocket. They take it, they put it in their back pocket, and every moment they take it out that they can, and they're engaged in sin, and they're carrying it in their back pocket. Fathers, I'm not preaching against cell phones, they're a tool. That's all. They're a tool. But, fathers, have you ever fled with your children, with your child? Have you ever had to do that? Protect your children? Greatly. Push them in music, push them in school, push them everywhere. And I'll tell you a problem that we face. Because they only allowed one child... They're born into the family, and the family, the grandparents, the uncles, the aunts are so happy to have them that they never tell them no. And they grow small into big statue, and pretty soon the teens run in the house. The teen is running the house. They're emotional, and they are hemophiliac emotional. Once it starts, it goes. And you can't stop them. And they're told no for the first time when they go to college. And they have meltdowns. Complete and other meltdowns at 18. Or they've been told no in their first job. It's terrible. Mom and dad, check your children in such a great way. Loving don't make them duck like I did. Okay? I didn't know my dad had two hands till I was about 14, 15. A couple times I'd slip one. I didn't know dad had a hook as well. I stepped right into it, and I'm not kidding. Dad was fleet champ. I learned to box at a young age. I boxed some golden glove, and when I did, some of the teens I was up against... After the first round, I kind of went, these guys don't hit half as hard as somebody else I know. It's pretty easy. And that's the truth. I want you to know that Herod was willing to lie 
to the three wise men to destroy the baby Jesus, to keep the power in Judea. What are you willing to do? What lies are you willing to tell? What are you willing to do to keep yourself the great, preeminent in the home, preeminent in church, preeminent above Christ? What are you willing to do? We see what Herod's willing to do. You may say, child, that's a little exaggerated. Is it? Is it? Really? Some of the things I've heard. There's been, uh, let me just, let me say this. Courage does not always war. Courage can be quiet. But in the reverse coin of that, I believe people of authority, people who have authority, should stand up and speak when it's time for you to speak. And if you can't do that, then maybe you need to step down from your position. Maybe you shouldn't be in that position. Oh, we all want peace. We all want reconciliation. But at the cost of Christ, at the cost of the Bible, no. You do it. Because it's right. That's why you do it. We teach it to the kids. Oh, the principal, the school staff. You better do right. You better not cheat. You better stand up for what's right. But then we don't do it. Because we're afraid. Because we have an ulterior motive. Reconciliation, happiness. Happiness is a lie that the world has told you that you are deserving of. How many t-shirts have you seen? I've only been in the country since the first week of October. How many t-shirts have you seen? Or posters or cups that say, good vibes only. Good vibes only. Maybe it should say, my truth is greater than the Bible. Don't affect me. Don't tell me the gospel truth. I haven't run into anybody yet like that. Witnessing, soul winning, passing out tracts. But I'm prepared. I'm prepared for them. We all want happiness. But how many of us are willing to work for it? We all want peace at Central Baptist Church. But how many of us are willing to go through the heartache that it takes? Well, I've got news. It's over. It's done. Not because I say so. Because from now on, from here on, things are going to be done a little different. Things will be done a little different. I promise you that. I promise. And that's not a threat. That's, not, that's just simply this. You've had your time. You've had your season. We've got to get outside. We've got to get outside and be about the Lord's work. We just have to do it. it, it it's, you're, you're risking losing this church. <clears throat> Sometimes those of us, when we are encountering Jesus in our daily prayer life, our scripture reading, we become naive. We become distracted. We become the wicked 
the evil, the stumbling block, woe is me. What are you tonight, Central Baptist Church member? Are you a stumbling block or a stepping stone? Are you one with destruction and just terrible words or terrible words or terrible words and comments? Or are you an encourager? Are you lifting up someone? Are you looking around to see who you can lift up? Can you find somebody to lift up? Can you lift up your husband, wife, husband? How are you treating the family, husband? Do they cower in fear? Is it lockstep like my wife in piano teaching? Or is it, and I say that jokingly, I have to clarify my jokes around here, it seems like. It's okay. Doesn't offend me. I'm fine. But is it lockstep? No one shall be heard of but you? Someday, I'll be honest. You want to know how I got Brother Jeremiah? I'm not above blackmail. You want to know how I got him to go to the gym? I'll tell you. Don't embarrass his daughter. I'm going to tell him. I'll tell you. You want to walk... Miss Miley down the aisle someday? You want to wheel down the aisle? Or you want somebody else to walk her down the aisle from the church? Because you're not here anymore. You're in heaven. I saw his face. I saw how he reacted. I saw it. His wife was on him. Telling me about his health. Telling me about everything. Emergency room. All these things. And I said, you pick. So we'll take a little break. Because I know it's last night. I know I'm hitting you a little hard. Are we ready in the back? Is he looking at me all? Go ahead. Hit me. I got a thumb up. Look at him. There he is. There he is. Look at him go. Look at him work. No, wait a minute. Stop that one. Can we stop that one? I told him. No phone. No phone. He said, He's trying to get my earphones right. Is that prepared, kids? Is that, is that what you're supposed to do? When I start preaching in chapel, dig around your bag for your Bible and dig around for some notes and dig around for a pencil, and I've already done the introduction, given the first point? Or did he not come prepared? Hmm? Just asking? Joke. All right, next one. Look at this. One leg. Oh, it didn't like this machine. It didn't like this machine at all. It is tough with one leg. All right, next. There he is on the treadmill. Next. Where's the arch enemy? There they are, the arch enemy. Our brother Jeremiah. Up and down. There's the two handrails. My lovely wife said to me, after the first day, and I said about him coming down, she said, you're going to feel terrible. He takes a tumble. So, Brother Jeremiah, in front of the entire church, this is a PSA announcement, public service announcement. Hold the handrails up and down. If you have to use both hands, go right ahead. Stay there. Church, 
Oh, I may be gone physically from Hattiesburg, but I'm going to be here. I'm going to be in some staff meetings or whatever is needed. Listen, you hold him accountable. My number, church secretary, right over here. Raise your hand, ma'am. Hello. She has my phone number. You call me. You drive him. You just make sure he stays right there doing that. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. All right, I think that's our last picture, right? If I'm correct, right? All right, I got another thumbs up from the back. We need like a, a board up here. You send a message and I read it up here. You, you work on that. That's pretty good. All right, in conclusion for this evening, when I first came, I talked about an encounter that Christ had with a leper. I, the, the, the leper and the flesh that fell off. I talked about the touch. I don't believe it was a, a touch. I believe it was a grasp. I believe that the leper still had a hold of Jesus' hand when he felt it. When the leprosy left his body, I believe he was still grasping on to the hand of Christ when it happened. I honestly do. You heard about that leper and you heard about how leprosy can be a sin. Almost like a cancer of today that it just eats away at the church and eats away at you. And before you know it, you've joined the, the commandos that we just don't need. My goodness. And then, after that, there was an encounter with a risen Christ. How there, you can't have an encounter with Christ at the discotheque. I know it's not a word anymore or whatever. You can't have an encounter with Christ at the bar. I guess you could. But I'd ask you why. An encounter with Christ happens in his word. An encounter with Christ happens here. An encounter with Christ happens so greatly that it transforms you. And you walk through the doors with a smile on your face, a countenance on your face. The children are, what's going on with mom and dad? What's happening with mom and dad? Dad's real happy, and it's not Friday. Dad's real happy, and the, who, who, uh, the saints aren't on TV, and the saints didn't win. Dad's real happy. Mom's real happy. I came home from school. Mom gave me a brownie. Mom made brownies out of nowhere on a Tuesday. Mom's so happy. Dad's so happy. What's going on? Or, gotta be quiet. I don't know what's wrong with Dad. He's just not happy. Parents, my father um, was not saved. He died when I was 19. And as far as I know, never made a profession of faith. I never knew my father's business. You understand that? I didn't know my father's business. I didn't hear my father talk about his staff, the things at his employment. He owned a business, but you know what I mean. I never heard those things. I never heard anything about Jack Donaldson, my dad's best friend, Sonny, the engineer, Terry, the architect, Becky, who ran finance and, and uh, oh, HR. I never heard about them. My father kept that separate from me. 
I had no business in that. Parent, I know. Listen. Oh, it's quiet. Listen. Your children have no business listening to the conversations that you drive away from this church with. If you are, you are harming your children. You don't believe me. Come and see me. Come and see the preacher and we'll show you right from God's word. Be very careful of those little ears. Be very careful of the countenance that you keep. In teenagers, mind your business. I know there are other teenagers. You don't need to be in the door. You don't need to be at the vent. You don't need to be finding out what's going on. You're a teenager. You're blessed by Christ Almighty himself that you're not at my school. Hmm? At my old school. Today we marched out of chapel. Boy, they did pretty good. Some of them started to march before they were told. But that was all right. So we've had the leper. We've had a risen Christ. And last night we talked about the legion. The more than one. Do you ever notice that we'll, we'll do it like this. I'm sorry. We'll just take a few minutes and we'll count each person. Zach's all nervous. I'm playing with his stuff again up here. I'm sorry, Zach. I won't drop it. If I do, I'll replace it. I promise. Did you ever notice people in a crowd, especially church? Did you see what she had on? I can't believe. No, I didn't see what she had on. No, I can't believe what she had on either. You know? Am I right? Do you believe they sat in our church? I can't believe they sat in your church. Or, or sat in my pew. I can't believe that. You know, if I, could, if I was a little bit better and more talented, I could probably do this better, you know. But... This is what's happening. All kinds of stuff. What they wore, her hair. She got a haircut. She colored her hair. What's he got on? Where's he? Where's he been? What's he been up to? All this gossip, gossip, gossip. Everybody's talking. But you know what's missing? Let me tell you what's missing. Hey, could you guys please pray for me and my wife? Um, we're about to pull out of Hattiesburg. And I sure would appreciate your prayers. Um, been raining a lot three to five inches expected or something like that and uh, could you please pray for me I sure will I'd be glad to no I'm not praying for you I don't like you all right you, you over there all right or this one you won't believe what the Lord did for me what do you do you're not part of this stay out of it you won't believe what the Lord did for me last night we went to revival. Last night we went home. My, my teenage son came to me. My teenage daughter came to me. My wife. I got peace. Why do we not have these conversations? And the last conversation we'll bring in, because it's a worldly conversation, and he'll bring it in and, so he can be part of it. And I don't mind them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not railing against them. How about this conversation? Did you see the Bayou Bengals last night? Did you see them Tigers? Yeah, boy, they beat Alabama, didn't they? Did you see them saints from that ball? Man, we talk about everything but Christ here at church. Man, we talk about all these things, go through all these things. I'm putting them back exactly where I think they go. Here we go. These two, just want you two go home. But there you go. Took time to clean up right in front of everybody. There you go, sorry. Why don't we... 
exalt Christ more in church among the people that are interested in Christ. That's why we are here. I've been to the Republican National Convention. I've not only preached at it, before that, I've spoke at it. Before that, I was part of it. Yes, I gave away my political affiliation, right? Oh, well. Well, I am from Virginia, so anyhow, sorry if I've offended you with my political affiliation. All right? At least I'm not a Nazi, like my wife from piano. But listen, when we go to the Republican National Convention, what do you think we talk about? Hmm? Christ? <laughs> oh, there may be a prayer. What do you think we talk about? When we're all gathered together, think we talk about what she had on? Nobody I've ever been around. What he's doing, where he's sitting. Oh, they're sitting at a better table than I'm sitting at. I wonder how that is, how they get the money for that. No. We have issues, we have things we are talk, to talk about, we have business to handle. And that's what you're not getting. There's business at Central Baptist Church. Or are you, woe is me, you're not involved in the business of Central Baptist Church. You're a stumbling block to Central Baptist Church and you've never been soul winning. You've never led anybody to the Lord. You've never come down here and volunteered for anything. Nothing. Now, there's your problem. I think we've answered stumbling block or stepping stone. I think we've kind of answered it. I want you to realize that the encounter with Christ that Herod had invoked a rage but on the other side look at the encounter that the Magi came for traveled for and wanted look at what they wanted if we only had a few more Magi in here hmm? if we only had a few more Saturday's so winning I wonder if revival in any way provoked you to go so winning. Maybe for the first time. Maybe for the first time. I wonder. Hey, you know what somebody came up and said to me? I just saw him. Had a little guy come up to me for church. He has brothers. I'm not going to call him out. He has brothers. And he said to me, I was the first in the family to hand it out. I was the first in the family to hand it out. And he's here. Do you hand out yours? You praying about yours? He already got his out. Little guy. I'm going to tell him now. Get another one. Try for two. Try for two. You're either going to be enraged by Christ. We are going to be inspired by Christ. The decision's yours. It's not Brother Jeremiah's. It's not mine. If you don't like me, you didn't like what I had to say, okay, fine. But your life, your life, is between you and Christ. And you're going to be held accountable by Jesus Christ himself. It's not like I'm going to be standing there going, yeah, tell them Christ, get them. That's all I had to tell them. When I was in Hattiesburg, I tried to tell them. It's not like that's going to be the case. 
You're going to have to answer to Christ for your actions or for your lack of actions. For your lack of actions. As I close, I want to read you two Bible verses, and you can turn to them if you want. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Familiar verse to some. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and the, and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not, as we have therefore opportunity, might want to underline that one, opportunity, let us do good unto from that side to that side and to those at home and those who aren't here to do good to all men stumbling block or stepping stone an encourager or a destroyer the decision is yours and you're accountable for them you just don't fear Jesus anymore there's the truth of it. You just don't fear him anymore. I told the staff, I told the staff, a church that does not reach for greatness will be destined for meteorocracy. A man that does not reach for greatness the anal and pages of history will turn and the lives of the people around him will probably not remember him. Why do we remember the great preachers, missionaries? Why is it, young man, you have on a bow tie? You look very nice. Do you know why I wear bow ties? Well, it was kind of a tradition at Princeton. But then after I got saved, I was in London, walking around the Metropolitan Tabernacle. I got into the library, and I got to read some of Charles Spurgeon. Ooh, you ought to read some stuff that's just not out there for public knowledge. Spurgeon said, and this is a warning for preachers, dads, Christian school teachers about standards. Make sure they're biblical. He said, I wouldn't be caught dead wearing one of those liberal long ties of the day. I wear a gentleman's tie, a tie that the Christian man should wear, a bow tie. That struck me so greatly, I said, there we go. And by the way, little guys can get away with it. But if you're an adult and you get a bow tie, you better figure out how to tie it. Tie it yourself. There's a lot of fun in learning to tie it yourself and finding out one side sticking way over here and the other side's over here. Trying to get that thing right. So as I depart from you, I will give you the same pledge. And I need to take care of two items of business. I already got the other side. I'm getting this side now. Thank you very much. Oh, look, look, I got people going, hmm. I did. People jumped up. I took the picture. So I got all four sides. That's so Brother Jeremiah can go, and I come back in the office and go, is it this one? No, 
Where do you think that's going? Take a guess. Anybody want to guess where that's going? Hmm? Anybody? Nobody? I take a picture of all the churches I preach in. Uh-oh. I was doing good for a while, wasn't I? I was doing good for a while. I'll tell you this. If they were here, we would have started 15 to 20 minutes late. Do you know why? I couldn't have got my pastor's pastor front sign because a church sign to them is a foreign concept. I've had two out and we were late for every service because they wanted to take this picture and that picture and shaking hands in front of it, holding the Bibles in front of the church sign. We don't have church signs. Hmm? We couldn't get them past Central Baptist Church sign out there. One that lights up, whoo, they would have loved that. Says things across there, they would have loved that. So I'll give you the same pledge I gave the chapel today. Three years. You will be on my daily prayer list for three years. For three years. At the end of that third year, I will speak to Brother Jeremiah. And we'll see what happens after that. Central Baptist Church, it's time that we encounter a Christ that saved us. It's time that we encounter a Christ that died for us so we can go to heaven. Maybe we need to reintroduce ourselves at the altar tonight to Jesus Christ. Oh, he knows who you are. He knows the numbers of the hairs on your head. But maybe we need to say, been a little absent. Every eye closed and every head bowed.